Hello, hello. This is Kathy Colas Audiobooks, and today we start Season 5 with Nags Head Murder, a Stallone Detective Agency mystery by Joe C. Ellis. The adventure starts when Mimi Roberts receives a letter from her old friend Achak Rotag. The letter starts by saying, I am writing you this letter from my deathbed. He writes of how his grandfather disappeared without a trace almost 60 years ago from a place called Monkey Island off the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Inside the letter is a map and five $100 bills. Angie and Mimi need to find out what happened on that island more than a half century ago. Here we go. A strange letter. This is the letter I called you about. Mimi Roberts held up the yellowed paper. Angie Stallone Thomas leaned and eyed the faded stationery. A rust-colored symbol that resembled an eagle appeared at the top. Is that a thunderbird? Mimi nodded, her brown framed glasses reflecting the store's overhead lighting. Her long sleeve shirt matched the color of her sandy blonde hair, which was gathered into a ponytail. Interesting. Angie took the letter, adjusted her red framed glasses and read it. I'm writing you this letter from my deathbed. She paused and glanced at Mimi. The bookstore owner tilted her head and raised her eyebrows. Angie refocused on the words and continued. Of all people, I thought you would be the person to contact. At one time, we had a strong spiritual connection. You understand the mysteries of which I speak. When my older brother Ohano died a few weeks ago, his lawyer sent me a box of articles that belonged to my grandfather. Mostly books and papers. Grandfather disappeared in the fall of 1966. His name was Ahote Rotag. At that time, he was working as a hunting and fishing guide at the Monkey Island Hunt Club. The local authorities found his boat on the Currituck Sound and assumed he had fallen in and drowned. His body was never recovered. I believe he was tortured and murdered. Angie shifted her focus to the signature at the bottom of the page, lowered the letter, and returned her gaze to Mimi. Who is this Achak Rotag? An old acquaintance. Mimi's eyes fixed on the window facing the road just beyond Angie's shoulder. He worked at the Frisco Native American Museum in Frisco? Every once in a while, he'd stop in here and pick up books. She refocused on Angie. He claimed to be a shaman. A full-blooded Algonquin, descended from the local Pamunkey tribe. Angie's brow tensed slightly, and she nodded, her blue eyes refocusing on the letter. Looking through one of my grandfather's diaries, I found a map. It fell out from between the pages. I have included the map with this letter. Angie glanced up. Mimi lifted a faded piece of paper with tattered edges from the counter next to the computer. X marks the spot. Does it really have an X? Mimi nodded slowly. Angie read on. It is a map of Monkey Island. 
I believe something is buried there that could offer clues to my grandfather's disappearance. Two nights ago, Grandfather appeared to me in a dream and insisted I seek justice. I don't have any other evidence. As you know, the sheriff and I do not get along. He thinks I follow the path of a sly fox. Perhaps you know an investigator who values truth and justice. Angie lowered the letter. Is that where I come in? Mimi shrugged. You are a private investigator. True. And you do value justice. Angie raked her fingers through her pixie-cut blonde hair. I do, but I'm a business person, and justice comes with a price tag. Read on. Angie adjusted her glasses and looked at the letter. I have included five $100 bills in hopes that you will hire someone to find what is buried on Monkey Island and discover any clues that may help to solve my grandfather's murder. Angie glanced up to see Mimi waving five Benjamins. Mimi spread the bills like a poker hand on the counter. Is that enough payola to paddle out to the island and dig a hole? Paddle? We can take a two-person kayak. We? Well, I plan on coming with you. How long will this take? Mimi screwed up her face. Let's see. It's a two-hour trip to Kerala and a two-mile voyage to the island. All day? Mimi nodded. And another day of research, if we find anything. That's a possibility. Of course, we can always pass the baton. Angie took a deep breath, her black polo shirt hugging her athletic body. In other words, we can hand over whatever we find to the local authorities. Right. That would be an option. Unless we find a chest of gold. Mimi grinned. That's another possibility. He mentions that you two have a spiritual connection. What's that about? That's a long story. Achak was an environmental activist. He had been arrested several times at protests around the country. Occasionally, the Outer Bank Sentinel hired me to do some investigative journalism concerning local environmental issues. Achak and I found ourselves in the midst of a controversial situation on Ocracoke. A developer threatened to exercise his political muscle to commercialize a large portion of the island's protected beaches. Achak's opposition to the developer's plans caused quite a stir. I admired his courage to stand up to greedy plutocrats on ecological principles. So you made some kind of connection with him through this... ordeal? Yes. Being a shaman, Achak was a very spiritual man. I felt like I was on the same wavelength with him. Angie rubbed her chin. Interesting. Have you talked to him since you received the letter? Mimi shook her head. I tried calling him at home, but no one answered. Then I figured he might be at the hospital in Nag's Head, since he mentioned being on his deathbed. Was he there? Mimi nodded. It doesn't look good for him. Pneumonia. He's on a ventilator and goes in and out of consciousness. Angie hooked her thumbs in her jeans pockets and fluttered her fingers. She glanced around the bookstore, a warm and welcoming place. To the right, she noticed shelves featuring Outer Banks books. Above them, a long shelf displaying beach bags stretched across the doorway that led to the back of the store.
Angie waved to the Outer Banks books. Anything on those shelves about Monkey Island? No, there hasn't been much written about the place. An internet search might give us some info. I know it's stuck out in the middle of the Curatuck Sound. According to Achak's letter and map, there's an old hunting club there, but I think it's been long abandoned. Hmm, it's probably haunted. Let me see that map. Mimi delicately pinched the corner of the map, lifted and extended it to Angie. Be careful, it's fragile. So's my career. She laid the map on the counter and studied the drawing. The ink had faded with time, but the shapes and lines remained clear. The island was shaped like the profile of a man wearing a baker's hat. She assumed rectangles near the middle represented buildings. A path wound its way to the left side near an inlet at the base of the hat shape. There, an X was marked in red, next to a symbol representing a large tree. The words, two paces, were written next to the tree. What are you thinking? Mimi asked. I'm wondering how difficult it will be to follow this path. I'm guessing the island has been abandoned for decades. There may not even be a path. There's only one way to find out. Why are you so curious to find out what's buried on that island? I feel like I owe it to Achak. Angie's eyes narrowed. Why? Well, like I said, at one time we had a spiritual connection. At a critical point in my life, he told me I must make a decision. What kind of decision? To live or die. Angie raised her chin. And you chose to live. Mimi's lips curled into an enigmatic smile. I'm still here. Angie appraised her for several seconds, reached and collected the five $100 bills from the counter. She waved them in front of her face, folded them, and stuck them in her jeans pocket. I'll pick you up tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock sharp. We'll rent a kayak from one of those beach equipment stores in Kerala. I'm sure that'll cost at least a hundred bucks. Mimi raised her hand. I'll pay for the kayak. Do you have a shovel? Yep. Bring it along. Can you think of anything else? Bug spray. Right. Bug spray, long sleeves, and long pants. The place is probably swarming with mosquitoes. Mimi let out a long, audible breath. One other thing. What's that? A thick pair of gloves. For digging? Mimi bobbed her head. Among other things. A secret to keep. Angie rubbed her belly, noticing the slight bump. I'm hungry. Maybe we're hungry. She could smell the aroma of bacon wafting in from the kitchen. God bless you, Joel. Bacon, scrambled eggs, and hash browns. I'll need a big breakfast. She stepped into a pair of work jeans. They felt stiff but protective. Who knows what we'll run into on that island. She picked out a long-sleeved black T-shirt from the top drawer of the old dresser. The bright yellow Stallone Detective Agency logo glowed in contrast to the black cotton fabric. She designed it herself, a simple arc of words over a magnifying glass centered on the Cape Hatteras lighthouse. She had opted to use her maiden name for the company. 
Sitting on the unmade bed, she pulled on thick wool socks and jammed her feet into her leather work boots. She wriggled her toes. Haven't worn these for a while. Thank God my feet aren't that swollen. After lacing up and tying the shoes, she ambled into the kitchen and took a big whiff of the wonderful smell of fried breakfast food. Her husband faced the stove, wearing a white tank top and baggy gray workout shorts. Joel, you are my amazing stud muffin. She poured herself a cup of coffee and sat down on one of the old chairs padded with yellow vinyl. Are you ready for a hearty breakfast? I'm so hungry I could eat the leg off a low-flying duck. Her husband lifted the large plate of steaming eggs, bacon, and potatoes and set it on the Formica top table. A handsome man, six feet tall with sandy blonde close-cropped hair, Joel Thomas was the anchor in her stormy world. At the end of November, they would celebrate their one-year anniversary. He worked as a Dare County deputy for several years. When she opened her new agency in Buxton, they sold their house in Nags Head and purchased a humble cottage along Rocky Rollinson Road. With only a few clients over the last several months, she barely managed to pay the overhead but they somehow scraped by mostly on his salary. Having a home office helped. He pulled out the chair across from her and sat down with his piled-high plate. Wish I could go with you. You're on duty this afternoon. Besides, you've got to be exhausted. What time did you get in last night? About one. She shook her head. So you got about five hours of sleep? About five and a half. Anything interesting happen yesterday? He nodded. Rocky sniffed out some stinkweed. I pulled over an old Chevy pickup for speeding just north of town. Sure enough, Rocky went nuts. Found a pound of Panama gold under the passenger seat. Angie swallowed a mouthful of scrambled eggs. Nice. Any trouble? She took a swig of coffee. No, it was Squeaky Bob Clemens. Second time I've arrested him. He's just a local hay dealer. Judge Jones will probably give him a couple of weeks in the Gray Bar Hotel. Angie grinned. Where's Rocky? Joel thumbed over his shoulder. In the living room, sleeping in front of the fireplace. I'm surprised he's not out here begging for bacon. Give him a few minutes. He planted his elbows on the table and leaned toward her. You know, paddling out to that island can be dangerous if the sound water is rough. She shrugged. We'll rent an ocean kayak. Those things can handle choppy sound waters. He sat back and rubbed his knuckles along the stubble of his jawline. Two miles is a long way to paddle an ocean kayak. Mimi is a pretty fit gal. I don't think we'll have any problems. You better take my truck. Right. I hope you don't mind driving the Civic to work. Not at all. I'll fill it up for you. Thanks. Angie took a deep breath. There are five C-notes on my dresser. That'll cover some of our bills this month. They already paid you? Angie bobbed her head. The client's not well. It's a two-day job. Hopefully I can give him some answers before he departs this world for the happy hunting grounds. He's Native American? Angie nodded. Achak Rotag. Ever hear of him? Joel shook his head. What's wrong with him? Pneumonia. He's on a ventilator. Joel's lips tightened. Hate to hear that. A yellow lab trotted into the kitchen, 
sat next to Angie and raised a paw. What do you want? The lab brushed the side of her leg with its paw several times. Angie lifted a piece of bacon from her plate and held it a couple of feet above the dog's nose. Speak, the dog yelped. You speak up when you want something, don't you, Rocky? Just like someone else I know. She lowered the bacon and the dog gulped it down. Now go bother your partner. The lab circled the table and gazed up at Joel. He patted the dog's head. Be patient, boy. I'll cook you up some eggs in a few minutes. Do you have any work gloves? Yeah, why? We're digging a hole. Buried treasure? Wouldn't that be nice? Joel spread his hands. That'd be great. But I'm already the richest man in town. That's news to me. He winked and pointed at her. You're my pot of gold. Angie laughed. Fool's gold. I don't have much, but I do have you. Joel did a Schwarzenegger double bicep pose and nodded toward his right arm. What more could you ask for? Angie scooted out her chair, arose, circled the table, and squeezed the impressive muscle. Wow, if those peaks were any higher, they'd have snow on them. Aw, oh, shucks, you're making me blush. He relaxed, stretched his arms, and yawned. Now, where's the gloves? They're in the hall closet. I'll get them for you. He scooted out the chair and stood. Give me a kiss good morning first. If you insist. He wrapped his arms around her, drew her close, and kissed her passionately. When their lips broke apart, she sighed. Whoa, that was some good morning kiss. Not bad, huh? I didn't even mind the bacon breath. Joel laughed. I'll get those gloves. Angie tapped his cheek. Thanks, stud muffin. Rocky followed him down the hallway. Angie rubbed her belly again and smiled. Should I tell him? I don't even know for sure. I probably should say something. Joel returned and extended the gloves. Here you go. Joel. What? I need to talk to you about something important. Okay. He nodded his brow. You're serious, aren't you? She nodded. I, well, I think that I... Go ahead. She took a deep breath and blew it out with a low whistle. We'll talk about it later. Come on now, Angie. She raised her hand. No, no, no. It can wait. Joel gripped her shoulders. Are you really going to leave me hanging? We'll talk about it tonight. I won't get home tonight until one o'clock in the morning. Wake me up when you come to bed. She stood on her tiptoes, gave him a quick kiss on the lips, about faced, and headed out the door. And there you have it. Don't forget, on Wednesday, we start a brand new book as well. Jerkwater by Jamie Zernt. This is a fabulous story with rich characters. Don't miss it. To check out more of my work, go to my website at kathycolas.com. That's C-A-T-H-I-C-O-L-A-S dot com. If you're an author looking to turn your book into an audiobook, email me at kathycolas at gmail.com. Let's talk. And if you like the podcast, please leave a review or share it on social media. 